BYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Welcome to TYB On The Run as we continue our journey in Isaiah. We're going to do Isaiah 3 and 4 today because 4 is quite short. So really just um, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just listen in and engage with the beautiful imagery of this text. Now remember, Isaiah is a prophet called of God. It's quite a strong message, but we're going to unpackage it at the end. So let's jump in. Isaiah 3, judgment on Jerusalem and Judah. See now the Lord. The Lord Almighty is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support. All supplies of food and all supplies of water, the hero and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the man of rank, the counselor, skilled craftsman and clever enchanter. I will make me youths their officials. Children will rule over them. People will oppress each other, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will rise up against the old, the nobody against the honored. A man will seize one of his brothers in his father's house and say, you have a cloak, you be our leader, take charge of this heap of ruins. But in that day, he will cry out, I have no remedy. I have no food or clothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. Jerusalem staggers. Judah is falling. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them. They have brought disaster upon themselves. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their their deeds. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. Youth oppress my people. Women rule over them. My people, your guides, lead you astray. They turn you from the path. The Lord takes his place in court. He rises to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and leaders of his people. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. The Lord says, the women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord will bring sores on the heads and of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls. Instead of fragrance, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. The gates of Zion will lament and mourn. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. In that day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, we will eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. The branch of the Lord. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem, will be called holy, all who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. 
The Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing of flame fire by night. Over everything, the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. What an incredible two chapters, guys. That's with chapter three and chapter four. So well done for just engaging with that. Isaiah is this prophet that is prophesying a very strong message. Now, you've got to remember the prophets of the Old Testament are there for correction, for direction for the kings, for the direction for the nation. They're there to correct the behavior. Not like today in the New Testament, it's kind of got this sense of as we prophesy over people, it's encouragement and and exhortation. But these guys are leaders of their nation and they're prophesying correction to this nation. Now, again, can I say that when I used to study Isaiah, I always used to see this judgmental God that hated the wicked and loved the righteous and But as I'm studying this, and I'm loving studying this with you, as I'm reading this and going through Isaiah, I'm realizing that the judgment is not on the outsiders of Israel. He's not talking to the Philistines. He's not talking to the outside nations. He is speaking to his people. Isaiah is prophesying, and again and again he says, to Jerusalem and Judah, the women of Zion, These are the people of God that are not reflecting his nature. And did you see that key verse? And I'll I'll, I'll get to it where it says you, you don't reflect his glory. You don't look like what God's people should look like. And God is very angry with that because you're oppressing the poor. God is a God of justice and his people are walking around with wealth. And you, you heard the lists and we're going to go through those incredible lists again. They're walking around with pious wealth and not taking care of the poor. And God is coming in as a father and as a dad saying, no, no, this is not on. This is not how we act. You're going to get, you're going to get punished for your behavior. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, Three, see now the Lord, the Lord almighty. Can you hear Isaiah? He's saying, look, don't just think of it as the Lord correcting you here. This is the Lord Almighty. This is this is the creator of heavens and earth that has come in and seen your behavior. He created you and now he's realized that your behavior is disgusting. And it's about and it says it is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support. What he's talking about here is that is essential. If if God removes supply and support, then Judah and Jerusalem are, are barren. And, and you get this essence of the need of, of God and this favor of God that is upon them. And he's like almost saying, you know what? You've got so comfortable in the favor of God. You've got so comfortable in your blessing that you are, are now actually taking it for granted and you don't actually distribute it as it is intended. He says, all supplies of food and all supplies of water, the hero, the warrior, the judge, the prophet. Can you hear all of this? Because previously in the Old Testament, these are all the things that God provided for Israel. You can hear the hero, the warrior. The judge and the prophet, these are God's anointed people. Um, And then it goes through the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50, the man of rank, the counselor, skilled craftsman, clever enchanter. You've got all these mix of the diviner and the bad and the good. They've mixed them all together and he said, you know what, all of it is going to be gone. I love this moment. I will make me youths their officials because in what he's talking about in this first section is he's saying your judgment will be this lack of supply, lack of support and lack of leadership. And for Israel and sorry, Judah at this moment and Jerusalem, it's massive. Leadership is is everything to them. Whenever they got in trouble in the in um, judges, God provided a leader to take care of them, a judge that would instruct them and, and a warrior. And he's saying, you know what, because you got so used to me rescuing you, 
because you got so used to me taking care of you, even though you are so arrogant and so full of pride, I'm going to remove it and really show you what, what, what your heart is. Notice a man who will seize one of his brothers in his father's house and say, you have a cloak, be our leader. So they're desperate for a leader. And then the leader says, I've got no remedy. I've no food or clothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. This lack of leadership. And, and the, remember again, Isaiah's prophesying into a, a time where across the boundary, Israel, the 10 tribes of Israel are, have gone into or already gone into exile. So we've got this sense of, guys, you've got to get this under control. I love this. Jerusalem staggers. Judah is falling. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, um, defying his glorious presence. That is really the key verse. Let me read it again and really just sit in this. Jerusalem staggers. Judah is falling. So basically as Israel has fallen, their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. Can you hear that? He's saying your behavior doesn't reflect my glorious presence. It's not me that has brought this, I have to punish you because your behavior doesn't reflect me. I've asked you as a nation, the kingdom of Judah, the kingdom of Israel, both were supposed to be representations of God. And they got so used to wealth and so used to everything that they actually became. And he says, you don't, you don't reflect my glorious presence. You reflect pride. And then he keeps going quite an amazing thing. Isn't that a real rebuke for us today? And I think it's a real warning on our own heart that in the blessing of God, again, I said it in, in chapter two study, in the blessing of God is when we've really got to keep our heart in check. And I'm not saying, you know, even though the blessing of God is on you, mourn and repent and, you know, be one of those people. I see those people that the blessing of God is on them and they're like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to stay humble. That's not what God wants. God wants you to celebrate the blessing of God over your life. He wants you to celebrate the good things. A dad doesn't give a gift to his child and the child go, thank you so much, dad, but I'm not going to play with it just in case I get proud. No, it's, he's giving these good gifts to his children and he gives you good gifts but it's remaining in those good gifts because those good gifts for Israel and Judah were supposed to be a blessing to all the nations and they became elite and arrogant and they kept the wealth for themselves. So it's that motivation throughout the blessing that God is correcting here and reflecting his glorious presence throughout the blessing because the blessing was supposed to reflect his glorious presence of how good and loving and kind God was and what it became was a reflection of arrogance and pride. And that's kind of the warning that, that Isaiah very strongly is giving these guys. And let's keep going. Um, the look on their faces testifies against them. Um, they parade their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them. They've brought disaster upon themselves. He's saying, can I say again, um, in, in, we think that Yahweh, the, the Old Testament God, is nasty and a, you know, a narcissistic God that just punishes his people for doing wrong. And, but he's really not. As you read Isaiah, you realize he's such a patient God. But at the end, this point is where his patience has run out with his people. And the prophet has come in and said, okay, enough. Your behavior is disgusting. It's the moment where, where a mum or a dad has to discipline he, the child and say, look, I've let you go for a little bit, but now there has to be some boundaries on this. Enough. Now, because of your behavior, not because of my anger, because of your behavior, there's a punishment involved. And that is the, the, the beautiful essence that Isaiah is bringing out. Now, I know with Isaiah we've jumped into the punishment stage, so it can seem a little bit extreme, but you've got to walk through the whole Bible story to say God was very patient with these people before he got to Isaiah. He's so patient with them through Judges. I mean, that cycle of sin in Judges. He's so patient through them, the kings, and now he's like, okay, enough is enough. These guys need a smack, basically. Let's keep going. They have brought disaster upon themselves. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruits of their deeds. Again, he's saying, guys, if you're going to repent and be righteous, 
then this all goes away. The, and But he says, woe to the wicked, disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. Again, he's still talking to Jerusalem and Judah. He's still rebuking his own people. Youth oppress um, my people, women rule over them, my people, your guides lead you astray, they turn you from the path again, your leadership is wrong. It's youth and women, and I know that's derogatory towards women, but please read it in the culture of the time. Um, Youth and women are are leading at this point, and he's saying, look, your leadership is gone. Um, The Lord takes his place now, we have this contrast. Can you feel this contrast? And I hope you felt it as we read it. We have this bad leadership. We have this no one, the guy with the cloak says, quick, lead. And they say, no, 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 we've got no leadership. It's a chaotic, there's no one to rise up because there's no one righteous. There's no one that's going to stand up and rise up and lead these people into godly ways. But we have this moment in in 3.13 where it says the Lord takes his place in court. You can feel this sense of, Even though your leadership is bad, God is still enthroned in this court. And we've got this court language. Now, court language is always going to have this judicial sound. Um, He rises to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and leaders of his people. And this is his judgment upon them. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. He's saying, look, I'm not the one that's ruined this. This is you that have ruined this. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. He's saying you are robbing the poor. You're wealthy, you're arrogant, and you are even robbing the poor. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. He's, it, there's this distinction between lack of leadership and then this righteous God, Yahweh, judge rising up. Can you feel that distinction? The Lord says the women of Zion are haughty, walking, and then he says, look, look at your women walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Can I say the first part of this leadership is is kind of rebuking the males and kind of saying, look, there's there's no leadership in this. Some somebody rise up. And then he kind of turns on the females and says, look, don't don't you think you you get off here? Because look at you strutting around in your outfit flirting with your eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. Now, baldness in that time was an utter shame. So what he's saying is this. He's saying, because you're so arrogant in my blessing, because you're so arrogant in 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 the blessing of God over your life, you parade it around while the poor, while you're robbing the poor. He said, because you're so arrogant, I'm actually going to turn that on its head and remove that blessing from you. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings. Wow, he's really detailed. The fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors. Don't you find it so amazing? I'm so sorry just from a cultural perspective the all these things that they wore you can imagine these women in these and it's not the fact that these are the blessing of God it's not the fact that they've got these things on God doesn't hate fashion and mirrors that oh my gosh I have to walk around in sackcloth to prove that I'm a Christian no that's not what it's saying it's saying their arrogant heart they're displaying all of this to show that they are the women of Zion and they are the blessed of God and he's like you are making me sick with the very blessing that I gave you it's just like um and the linen garments and tiaras and shorts, because in other scriptures you can hear that he clothes them in robes of righteousness. He clothes them in beauty and he clothes them in these things. And he's saying, I clothed you in this and now it's become arrogance to you and I'm going to have to remove it because the arrogance of your heart. Instead of fragrance, and he swaps this, this is quite, imagine, 
listen to the imagery of this TYB on the run, listen to this. Instead of fragrance, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. He's talking about exile and, and the removal of all of this. Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. I find this so amazing because it's got the same sound of instead of beauty, ashes, and, you know, like instead of ashes, beauty, and that, that kind of reversal that we have in, in other scriptures, whereas this is saying, no, 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 you've got so comfortable in your blessing, you know, I'm going to actually reverse it the other way because I'm in control here. Um, so we go through, your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle, the gates of Zion will lament and mourn. These gates that God established, he's saying, now we're in mourning. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. And then we go to chapter four. Now remember, in all of this, as we go through these prophetic books, I know it's hard because we're sitting in, in warning and judgment and we don't really kind of like that sort of sound today. But as you sit through this, imagine Father God, imagine imagine you as a mum or dad and you've given your child just as a blessing and, and as a this beautiful gift and they've taken it to extremes and are parading it around and what you thought was going to be a blessing to them was actually their downfall and now they're arrogant and proud and you just kind of want to remove that gift because you're like you know what your character is more important than 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 this gift your character is more important your relationship with God in this situation Isaiah is, so, is saying so much more important than your parading around in your pride and we've got to remember that guys as we keep our heart in check as we keep our heart in check with God it's not a about the resistance of blessing it's about resistance of pride in the blessing but in this in this moment there is and in all the moments of the prophetic books there is always a remnant there is always a hope because all God calls them to do is he keeps saying repent repent and I love this in that day seven women will take hold of one man and say we will eat your own our own food and provide our own clothes only let us be called by your name take away our disgrace what's happening here is they're destitute and they need somebody to cover their shame with with being under the under his name now the next section is called the branch of the Lord meaning what we have this beautiful section of Isaiah prophesying hope he says, in that day, the branch of the Lord, this is kind of like prophesying Jesus, but it's also prophesying for them this beautiful remnant that's going to come through. Because in every moment, you know, from Genesis all the way through, there is always this remnant of hope. And Judah is where the line of remnant comes from. Remember, Judah is the tribe and the kingdom to which Jesus is coming. So there's got to be a remnant. Even as bad as Judah gets, there's got to be righteous within it because that lineage has to remain pure through Christ. So have a look at this. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, totally, totally abstract and totally opposite to what we've just, we've just heard. The beauty of riches and wealth and, and mirrors and cloaks and purses. He's saying, no, 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 that's not wealth. And that's not riches. This is, this is, it will be beautiful and and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem will be called holy, all who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem, the Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. He's saying, I'm going to purify all of this because there's a, there's a Jesus, there's a remnant coming, there's a Messiah coming, and he has to come out of this horrible lineage. But there's always this beautiful remnant. He's saying, I'm going to wash it away. And that's what repentance is. It's just this beautiful washing away and cleansing by fire. Um, it says, then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion. Zion, and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day 
and a glowing of flame fire by night. What is he conjuring up there? He's conjuring up Mount Sinai, same imagery, but calling Mount Zion. And he's, he's conjuring up the imagery of the cloud by day and the fire by night. He's the same God that led them through the wilderness, is now in this moment. Over everything, the glory will be a canopy. He's saying, I will protect you. I will protect this beautiful remnant because it's so important to get to the Messiah. Imagine Isaiah prophesying this, and he has he has no idea that he's prophesying Jesus Christ. You know, so many years later, it's quite amazing. Oh, my gosh. It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. This beautiful two chapters, that's why I wanted to bring in four, because if you just study three, it's kind of quite harsh to finish on. I wanted to bring in chapter four to kind of highlight and elevate this element, no matter what happens throughout this judgment book. And he's telling the people of God not to be proud and arrogant with the blessing of God. And he's saying, I'm going to remove it. You need a smack. And here he says, but you know what? Even as bad as you get, there is always a branch of the Lord. There is a remnant that is going to come through this, which is this beautiful um, repentance and this moment of cleansing of the people of God. And he's saying there is always this beautiful hope. I hope you've loved studying chapter three and four with me. 